Welcome to the latest episode of the Brushwaters Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brushwaters Union, Simon Berman. This month, November of 2023, I am joined by game writer Merritt Kay, uh, coming all the way from New York. How's it going, Merritt? Hey, uh, it's going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, so for those who may not be familiar, Merritt is a games writer. Um, she's written some various video games, done some critical writing. And uh, what are you up to these days? Uh, yeah, these days I'm mostly writing fiction. Uh, I've finished a draft of a novella that uh, hopefully we'll see uh, publications sometime. Uh, I have the uh, the Land Party book coming out. Uh, it was a, a big crowdfunding thing we did a while back. And yeah, that was cool. It's finally, finally coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and if you didn't get in on the crowdfunding version of that, there will be a retail release in January. And the short version, if you don't know what I'm talking about, is uh, it's a coffee table book of photos of land parties, mainly from the 2000s. So it's kind of a look back into sort of a different era of, uh, of gaming. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, most of what I am up to. And you've got your own Patreon, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, people kept bugging me to do it. So I... Yeah, I haven't had one in years and years because uh, I, I was working full time at a games media site for the past few years. And, um, you know, I've just been writing fiction and putting up for free on my site. And people kept saying, hey, you should start a Patreon. So I was like, all right, sure, I will. Um, and uh, yeah, there's like some ex exclusive stories and behind the scenes stuff and uh, things like that. So, yeah, if you like my writing which is at otherstrangeness.com uh then there's more stuff at that patreon if you are interested very cool and that'll all be linked in the show notes if you're listening so go check it out there um but uh, yeah i think it's i've been following you on twitter and more recently uh blue sky for a few years now um i think you have some mutual friends with like eliza gager and so forth uh -huh. um which is how i became aware of you i used to i, I published your book actually a few years back but um mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, but the way you ended up on my podcast, because you're, you're not really a tabletop games writer, is that <laughs> recently uh, I saw you post that you had bought your first Warhammer figures in many, many years. Ooh. And uh, I think it's really cool to kind of talk to people who are just getting back into the hobby, because, you know, I yeah. often talk to people who have been in the hobby continuously or have been back sure. in it for a long time. Um, and like I told you, I think it's kind of cool. Like, I feel like warhammer 40k in particular but warhammer in general it's it's sort of one of the secret sauces of of, of creative pe creative people in general these days like I, I know so many people who have dabbled at some point in 40k and i thought it'd be fun to yeah. talk to you about why do you think that might be and why you came back to it after decades off so i think that's <laughs> kind of a, a common but un untold story yeah so, uh, we can, we can that, that's not there wasn't even a question in there i'm just <laughs> repeating my thesis i guess but um no yeah 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 it's uh it's cool. I mean, I, I can talk about like how I first started, uh, how I first got into Warhammer. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, how, how'd you get into, into Warhammer and, uh, and when so, was that? Yeah, it was a little over 20 years ago, I guess. Uh, it was third edition, which it's so funny now to like be reading commentary about the game and, and the community and have people be like, wow, that was the golden age of Warhammer. Um, because I, was like, <laughs> I, I lived through that and I don't know, it was fine. I guess there's like a lot of really bad stuff. A lot of the models looked really ugly. Uh, they have a certain charm to them looking back, but so basically, uh, a couple of friends of mine, siblings got the starter set 
for third edition for uh for one of their birthdays and it was and that was like what 98 Eld- 99 somewhere 98 in there? 99 or yeah around then and um it would have been it was dark eldar and space marines yeah uh and i don't think dark eldar got anything new after that for like 10 years yeah they were a little but, uh, neglected and <laughs> yeah, yeah some people say they still are Sorry, the Drukari, the Drukari, Drukari yeah, <laughs> uh, Drukari, uh, Cleveland Rocks, and um, <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they got this, and I was like, what? It, what is this? And uh, you know, before that, I had played Hero Quest and a few other games like that, so I was already sort of familiar with like board games, and I think I was already sort of familiar with like role playing games, but I had sure. never played like war games or anything. And so they got this this thing Warhammer, and I was like looking through the book. And was just like, this is like crazy. Like this is like, it didn't look like anything I had never seen before. So I grew up in Canada in, you know, the nineties and looking back now, I'm like, oh, well, Games Workshop was cribbing a lot of stuff from British comics at the time, from Dune, from all of these different sources. But I didn't know any of that. And also like John Blanche is just sort of doing his own really fucked up thing. Uh, and yeah, seeing sure. John Blanche paintings in the third edition manual, I was like, what the hell is this? And um, also, yeah, just like the the fiddliness of like making a little guy with like, you know, just the way the really elaborate um, landscapes that they set up and like the full color photos in the book. It was like, this is really cool. I want to get into this. Uh, obviously, I have the kids, so I didn't really have much money. My family didn't have a ton of money. And um, certainly didn't have a ton of money to spend on little plastic army men. Uh, so I, I built up like a small little collection over time. I was playing chaos, um, because I was an edgelord teen. Of course. And got really into, uh, plague Marines. Cause I thought, uh, evil space Marine zombies was a really cool idea. And you were right to think that I was right is the thing. Um, I converted a little chaos Lord. I used the old model where he's holding an ax up in the, in the air, but I put some wings from an old metal gargoyle on his back. So he had a jump pack That's and right. for the head. I used like an Eldar guardian and everyone was like, that looks more like a chaos Lord of Slanesh. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't want my guy, my lead guy to look, I want my lead guy to look like an anime Bishonen. I don't want him to look like a, like a, <laughs> So my my compromise was his his eyes were constantly like weeping blood and awesome. like viscera, um, yeah. And I had you know I was deeply deeply into it for a few years. Uh, my friend and I, uh, you know, we built really elaborate city fight landscapes. We were always really into like really intense like, uh, like destroyed buildings and stuff. So when I would see like battles in like battle reports and stuff where it's like three different pieces of scenery i was like that looks boring but like obviously yeah our way kind of favored assault heavy armies a lot more Uh um but uh yeah and then you know i guess i fell off uh around my senior year of high school that was the last i think we did a big campaign around that time where we had like six different players uh all kind of in different alliance groups and this map based campaign uh, and then, yeah, you know, when I went to college, I sort of fell off it. I kind of vaguely maybe tried to get back in a couple of years later. I still have some notes, actually, from the plans I was making for, like, for a new Chaos Army based on, like, a bunch of models that I had yeah. from some friends. Uh, I went to a games day back in, like, 06, I think. Oh, wow. One of the last games days then, I think. 
oh, do they not do those anymore? Well, they they they, they bring them back. They 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 are they've been hosting their own conventions again for the last few years, but it's a different form, I think, what Games Day used to be. Oh. And, but yeah, they, they didn't do any conventions for uh, for many years, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm see, I'm like catching up on all of everything that's changed too, because yeah, like the last time I really like even thought at all about getting into Warhammer was like, I want to say like fifth edition. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like in grad school and I was like, maybe. And I was just like, I don't have any money. I'm a grad. Yeah. Student. I can't <laughs> to get into Warhammer again. Um, so yeah, you know, and then I guess on and off for the last couple of years, you know, as games workshop has branched out into more and more games, like video games. I mean, yeah. Like when I was younger, there really were not many Warhammer games at all. Like Fire Warrior was a big deal, although I never played it. And then Dawn of War mm-hmm. obviously was like a Dawn of huge War, of deal that yeah. kind of changed everything, I feel like. And now there's like a new Warhammer game on Steam every day because they just license it out to literally anyone. Yeah. Um, but some of them are good, like Dark Tide, I really enjoyed. And Every once in a while, for the last couple of years, I would like go on the Games Workshop site and be like, oh, I wonder what, what what my old friends are up to these days. And it wasn't until earlier this year when uh, I was on the site and I was like, what What the hell are Leagues of Votan? Uh-huh. What is that? And then I looked at it and I was like, they didn't. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> Those mad lads. They did not. Yeah. Oh my God. The absolute mad lads. They did it. They brought back the squats, which ever since I had played as a kid, I was like, oh, like the squats. Like, oh, I wonder what the squats. It was like in the mystical, you know, the misty days of uh, second edition. But that's that was when I started playing. So I, I remember the squats oh, okay. in their heyday in the, 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 the twilight of the squats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with their little trikes and everything. And yeah. I just, I, I think I had like a, I got like a second edition box set at like a secondhand store, but it didn't have models. It was just like, it was all like psychic stuff, I think. So it was like, it back then it was like, oh, a psyker could just like rip a planet in half. Like, yeah. Just do really silly things. And then third, they kind of toned down everything quite a lot. But uh, so I was like, wow, they have squats back. And I was like, wow, I actually like these models too. Because the thing is like, a lot of like the contemporary games workshop models, I don't actually like that much. Mm-hmm. But the squats, I was like, I like their like retro sci-fi thing. And uh, one day, I you know, I kept like like hovering over the the buy button and was like, should I? Can I? And uh, I think I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? Fuck, I don't care. Like, uh-huh. I might as well. Let's just do sure. it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and like several, like a couple months later, just today, actually, earlier today, I finished painting that squad of, of Hearthken. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good feeling to finish a little squad. I don't have any intention of building a full army of those guys up uh, anytime soon, but uh, it was still cool. It was like, it's nice to like, you know, as someone who has played a lot of video games in the past, I don't as much anymore. Um, and my other creative work too tends to be on computer, like it's writing or, Mm -hmm. um, to have something where you're making something physical is, I think, uh, really cool to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I come from a similar, a similar position as far as, uh, my relationship to the hobby, uh, in that, you know, I, I do a lot of professional writing. Um, and you know, when I, I used to play a lot of video games too. Um, I've never worked in the video game field, but I, you know, I certainly played 
you know, my hundreds of hours of Skyrim or Anarchy right. Online back in the dawn of time. And, mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, when I have that free time, I, I, I love the hobby because I, I do have something to show for it at the end of it. And yeah. like, you know, I, I never, I never get that like, oh, well, that was just 12 hours of my life. I'm never getting right. back feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like, like uh, I feel like video games are like such a dopamine uh, trap sometimes. And then it's like the same feeling you get when you've like drank a lot or done drugs or something afterwards. Sure. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> what was that? Why did I do that? Yeah. But, like, but when you're like painting and you're just like, it's very like relaxing to me. And uh, now I have like, yeah, this like kind of really nice little squad. Although I do have this feeling and I've always had this feeling and I don't know if it's true or not that showing people who like don't know anything about the hobby like these are my guys that i painted i feel like for someone who doesn't actually know like the process from like sprue to finish model it's impossible to know if something is like good or not <laughs> like right do, do you know what i mean like you can tell if something is like objectively bad like gunked up with he like heavy sure. paint or whatever but like oh you did that like i feel like someone could look at the guys i painted and be like oh i could do that and maybe they could but maybe they couldn't but well, I, I find it goes either one of two ways either either you know the 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 lay person looks at your miniatures and either is like oh that's cool or you know, no matter how how well you've painted them right 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 or they look at them and they're they're like wow <laughs> right and they're like you should win awards for this and I'm like my friend I should I should not win awards for this I promise you that um but I, I think it's 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 such a a weird um craft because mm -hmm. it's 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 part craft it's part hobby it's part, part art in a lot of ways and mm -hmm. i think i think people who aren't initiated um you know they, they just they just lack a lot of the, the the knowledge of the criteria by which to judge it or even engage with yeah it. i guess it's like anything where like you know it's kind of hard to tell if you're not on the inside like what something involves to make um but yeah i uh so yeah i finished that squad and um I don't really have any desire to like play Warhammer 40k right now uh, just because like I'm not a big competitive game person anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just I don't know. I get too competitive and I've just it's something I've realized about myself is I just yeah. don't enjoy that. It stresses me out. Um, but <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't know. I'll just buy a bunch of different stuff. So I, I bought Blackstone Fortress so that I could play with a friend of mine. And now I'm like oh my god now i have like 50 of these unpainted Ooh, random man. goons uh to uh to deal with and uh I, I painted that set for a friend several years back and the models are beautiful um but man really that, nice. that is yeah. it is it is a lot of work to paint those just because um there isn't much uniformity mm, mm -hmm. right so like you can't be like okay well i've got my i've got my color palette down for the next 20 guys i'm gonna paint i'm just gonna <laughs> knock out all their helmets right. tonight it's like you know they all they're all dressed differently it's it's really really a beautiful set but yeah it's uh it, that is a big project for sure yeah um and then i bought a uh because so i didn't know what primaris marines were either i was like who what they've invented bigger <laughs> marines um which just seems like such a games workshop thing and i'm sure you know your listeners probably know all this already but just like oh well, marines are selling so well but how can we sell more marines what if we made bigger <laughs> stronger marines well it's kind of interesting because what, what's really going on there um is you know the space marine line was getting kind of old right and they, it's like th they wanted to make like truer scale marines yeah right um, yeah and i remember that was always a big thing when i used to be deep into the hobby in my teens was people on like the balter and chain sword would always have like 
scale marine conversions mm-hmm. where like you just have to add like chunks to their thighs with like green stuff yeah so, or like, shims yeah yeah and those would always look really great but it was like that's a ton of work it's so much work to do that yeah um but it's interesting because you know the new edition 10th edition came out earlier this year um mm-hmm. and they sort of started you, you can tell that they're sort of blurring the lines about Primaris Marines versus other Marines, and like it's increasingly clear right, that like yeah. they're just the new space. There's they're just what space Marines are, right? Which is you know absolutely yeah. the right call. Um, and you know the whole Primaris thing was sort of a, a stopgap measure to have you know a a nod to the people who care about the setting and material and stuff. So it, right, it wasn't you know right. totally weird and and you know unexplainable. But um, you know that now they're just making new space Marines who aren't Primaris, but they're the same size as the Primaris. So like I don't know, I think they're handling <laughs> it all pretty well, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, I'm getting back into my thing that I used to do, which is having really ambitious, weird themed ideas. Like, yeah, the only reason I bought the, 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 uh, the kill team of the Primaris Marines is because I've been getting really into the show Trailer Park Boys recently. Oh, sure. And, uh, I was like, I want to make a kill team of Trailer Park Boys characters. (laughs) And like, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that yet. I do. There is like one guy who's like holding a grenade. Uh, that he's about to throw, and I'm like, I could definitely make that look like he's holding a glass of liquor, like this character Jordan oh, yeah, like, does in that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, his his, uh, his and I can cut off, cut off like the top of the smoke coming out of that grenade, and and attach it to something else to make a uh, uh, Ricky like smoking weed or something. I yeah. just don't know how I'm going to do the heads yet. I'm just going to have to like practice sculpting some hair and stuff with green stuff, I think. But uh, but yeah, that's that's like my winter, my like next. Project. Uh, I'm dying to see what you do for bubbles. Oh my! Well, I what I did, um, I do have to, you know, get some goggles and stuff going. But I went on Etsy, and God, let me tell you, three D printing has come a long way in the last twenty years. I'm not it sure if you're has. aware of this, yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, even in the last ten years, because I remember ten years ago, three D printing was like, yeah, you can make plastic stuff where precision is not that big a deal, and it's definitely going to have like lines on the side of it uh, from like the layers. Mm-hmm. Now. You go on Etsy and it's like, oh, wow, Games Workshop's biggest fear, like when they were like really trying to clamp down on this stuff has definitely come true because people are just selling all kinds of like, uh, like uh, evil space soldiers or like yeah. uh, uh-huh. uh, Sam Genius, the yeah, chaotic Marines. prime prime leader. Um, but I got these little these little kitty uh, uh, resin models that are basically at scale for like 20 mm-hmm. 32 so bubbles is gonna have a few little cats on his face awesome which is great but yeah that honestly like a lot of those models i'm like i kind of like i'll look at these more because like i love chaos but the a lot of the chaos models like i don't know the scale sometimes seems off or like, mm-hmm. like a little too goofy and uh like i was looking at some night lords on a on Etsy, and it's like, yeah, maybe because I'm not gonna be playing in any like tournaments or anything anytime soon. Sure, yeah. And also, resin stuff for me, a big thing too is like my absolute least favorite part of this entire hobby is uh, mold lines. Mm-hmm. They're the bane of my existence. I remember when I was like a teen and I started really getting serious about like, okay, I'm gonna trim all the mold lines do everything i would start to see mold lines on other things like just on, <laughs> like, like just, do you ever see like you know like oh like a piece of plastic like oh i have this pair of scissors and like there's a mold line yeah and i'm like oh i gotta get rid of that I gotta get rid no, of that's, all the mold. that's real shit right there gotta, for gotta sure clean. gotta be clean um yep. and uh 
I mean, at least I'm not dealing with metal anymore because I know some people liked it, uh, but that was like a lot of stuff back when I started was only available in metal and it was like so heavy. It would scratch really easily. Uh, you'd get this like flash that you would have to, you know, scrape off. It was kind of a pain in the ass. There is something like nostalgic to me about it, but those little blisters that they would sell characters oh, yeah. in, uh-huh. seeing like racks of those at the hobby store. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad at this point that I'm like, I'm, I way prefer plastic and resin for the most part is like pretty okay too. Yeah, no, I mean the the resin the resin three um, D printing stuff has come just you know just huge strides. It's interesting too because you know it's, it's been it's been growing in in um, general use and uh, sophistication for for years and years. But you, know, you, you can you can see around two thousand twenty when everybody was stuck at home um, mm. messing with their three D printers and their their um, their three D uh, modeling software and stuff. There was this this just huge boom that came out of the you know the early days of the pandemic um, because of that. And uh, around Warhammer in particular, I think, because yeah. it's just such a, an obvious way to use your t- your hobby time. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, yeah, seeing people do all this wild stuff with it. Like, that's one of the big things that's been so interesting to me to come back into is because like, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I would be like, this is back when Games Workshop still had forums. Uh, mm-hmm. which I think they nuked in the mid 2000s. So it was a long time ago. But yeah. You know, that was basically it in terms of like community and stuff. You know, there were local stores we would go to and sometimes, you know, you'd play people, you'd go to like your games workshop store uh, and marvel at their like really beautiful game tables and stuff. But uh, it wasn't like now where there's like millions of sites. Like, you know, there's like Balter and Chainsaw. There was a this Death Guard forum I used to go to. Um, but now it's like, wow, yeah, this is like a mass hobby now and like games workshop has gotten so much bigger in the last 20 years too and like there's pros and cons right like it i feel like there's something lost in when they've gotten away from like the weird working class british like sure aesthetic uh but it's cool to see that so many people are into this and there's so many resources now yeah um you know again it's another hobby i think that really benefited in some ways from the pandemic because a lot of people were stuck at home for six months to a year or two and you know and, and um you know, it's something, it's something you should do. And, you know, one of the things I should do with, with Brushworlders Union was we had a um, we'll game again challenge back in 2020. And the idea was that, you know, you and another friend would mm-hmm. um, pick a hobby project that you could work on remotely, but kind of together. So like, you know, say you and I were going to do it, like, you know, we'd say, well, I, I you know, I'm going to build Space Marines, you're going to build Drakari, and um, we're going to work on this so that when we can finally hang out again, we can play a game together. Oh, um, cool. Right. So and then, you know, the people, anybody who took part, they got an enamel pin if they if they completed their pledge and stuff like that. Um, and I think that 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 kind of hobby stuff really resonated with people in the, the, the really dark days of, of 2020, 2021, because it was sort of yeah. like, you know, I can't I can't see my friend right now, but, you know, I can paint this Space Marine Dreadnought to kick his ass with next summer, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, I think, you know, um, in a way, it was probably pretty good for for the miniatures hobby because you know if you're stuck at home, it's something to do that isn't necessarily you know a video game. And again, you know, I don't want to say like I'm against video games. But I think no, no, it sounds no. Like, I, I, I think, think they're bad. Like, I love video games, but right, yeah, I think we probably both do. But I think if you're someone who has played a lot of them, like you know, it's nice to have something else to to do. Like, yeah, and like 
just have be be working on something, be building towards something that you can see getting done, and then that you know is going to be like involved in like a social capacity. There's all kinds of reasons why you know why you'd want to do that. Yeah, and you know, there I, 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 part of the appeal for me too. I think is um, unlike video games, which you know I think are, still can be a, a cesspool of 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 human interaction. Um, mm-hmm. And while there are lots of problems in the, the 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 miniatures gaming communities, on the whole, I think people are relatively better behaved because at the end of the day, you've got to see somebody in person who, Absolutely. if they don't like what you yeah. say, might punch you in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I can't get away with as much, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's the is, same with like board games as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen some bad behavior at miniatures war gamers over the years, oh, but sure. I think, you know, yeah, on, yeah. on the whole, it's, it's, you know, it's a... Yeah, you don't, like, expect to, like, like oh, okay, I'm going online, I'm definitely going to get, like, just some the worst people in the world, like, even on my team yelling at me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think there is that, that social aspect that I think, you know, for, for me, it's one of the things... Uh, if I can go on a, a, a quick rant here, I know I'm supposed to be interviewing, but yeah. um, one of the things I keep seeing, I, I have this sort of running joke, is every three or four years, somebody in miniatures wargaming founds a company, and they get very excited because they put out a thing going, we've got a miniatures wargame that is going to use your, fo- your, t- your your cell phone, your smartphone, to do like all these things. And like, you know, you're going to mm. point it at the table and it's going to show you what happens when you move and they're going to, you guys are going to animate to fight it out. Uh-huh. And like, it's going to do it. And I'm like, why would I want that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like this, at, at no point have I ever played a miniatures war game and been like, boy, I wish I was looking at my phone right now. <laughs> I wish we could get the computer involved in this somehow. Yeah. And like, you know, I get it. Like there, there are, there are some great apps that help you play. Like, you know, um, yeah. the new 40 K app is fantastic. Right. Cause it's got all your stats and your dudes and like, you can make your list in it and it's, it's very well laid out. And like, that's fantastic because what that does is lets me keep my focus on the table instead of my head buried in a book or a pile right. of paper. So that that's wonderful. I want that. But like somebody's like, oh yeah, we're gonna improve miniatures gaming by making it a video game. I'm like this is a this is a product for <laughs> that's nobody. That's the opposite of what right. I want. <laughs> and inevitably, you know, there's a lot of buzz around them and then they vanish. And mm. uh, I've seen this three or four times over the last decade or so. And I, yeah. I, I, I the new one's about to come out, and I'm like, you know, I, I wish these people well, but this is this is a this is a solution looking for a problem. Like, who is this for? <laughs> right. Like, like I, I, I don't get it. But um, what I did want to talk to you about, though, is, um, you know, what is the appeal of Warhammer 40,000 for you as a creator? And that, you know, it, it brought you back to it 20 years later, right? You, you've, yeah. you've got a real career, you know, you've got you've got accolades and you've, you've published stuff and you've got your book, you've got a book coming out and, you know, you've, you've done all this work um, and clearly the world of Warhammer 40,000 was lurking in the back of your head. And I want to know <laughs> why you came back to it. Cause there's so many other worlds you could have come back to instead. Yeah. Well, I will say I did get back into, uh, into magic about a year ago. And cool. then I, I immediately stopped because I think, I think I played it for like, I started going to drafts, played it for a couple months and then just fell off. Uh, and, uh, that was also like a, a teen thing, but I've, been back into magic a couple of times i don't see myself doing that anytime soon but i think in part it's just like i'm getting to an age where i'm like getting back into things that i was into when i was uh really young and then i sort of fell off of either because of time or money or i was embarrassed um but warhammer i think like 40k especially like i've always been kind of fascinated with warhammer fantasy which i guess doesn't really exist anymore but it's, well, it's coming, coming back, back. yeah <laughs> you know reading in white dwarf i was like oh wow this seems kind of neat but like it always felt a little more generic like it's like it's a you know there's a lot of stuff that's unique about it but it it is just like it's a 
Western fantasy setting. Sure. Um, there's knights, there's like evil like Conan warriors, there's all this stuff. Warhammer 40k is just such like a weird thing, like it's such a weird confluence of all these different aesthetics and ideas. And there isn't really anything else like it to my mind, at least not nothing as big. And uh, I was actually on a podcast uh, a couple of months ago called Guys, where uh, the two hosts just investigate different types of guy every episode. Uh-huh. And they had me on to talk about Warhammer Guys. And that's kind of one of the reasons I got back into it. Because they one of the hosts, like, one of them, you know, is really into Lego and sort of, like, understands kind of the, the idea of, like, the hobby. The other sure. one knew nothing about it. And the more I tried to explain, the more angry he got. <laughs> Like in like a jokey way, but he was just like, I don't understand. Like, this is a game. It's like a book. It's a world. And I'm like, yes. It's yeah. like a, it's a transmedia property. It's like everything. It's a lifestyle. Like, it's a life. Yeah. It's a way of being. Um, But yeah, it is just such like a weird like setting. And I guess I've just always kind of like had that setting. The setting and stuff I've always been fascinated by, even when I wasn't playing. Because, you know, I play games like Space Marine or like Dark Tide and just be like, I love how, on the one hand, this is like an incredibly self-serious setting. In the grim darkness of the future, there is only war. And then on the other hand, it's like completely absurd and ridiculous. <laughs> and like, like you have guys who are like, we grow out of mushrooms and we think that things go faster when they're painted red. And those and they do. And they do. And that sits side by side with like theocratic, like fascist society that in universe if it stopped being so theocratic and fascist would like collapse and be taken over by any number of space monsters right (laughs) um so it's just like this wild variation in like tone and imagery and there's just so much room to do weird stuff in that universe i feel like like you have john blanche paintings and then you have you know like there's so many different kinds of of art in modern warhammer stuff and like yeah i don't know it's just always like i think when i encountered it i'd never really heard anything or seen anything like it because you know my the sci-fi for me when i was a kid was like star wars and like yeah that kind of thing and um this is like oh this is like gothic space stuff like um it was a very different vibe and i think it still is like it's I know there there is other stuff like this, and you know sometimes people will be like, "Oh, why do you keep why do you support Games Workshop?" Because like they're in many ways they are like a terrible predatory company. Their stuff is really expensive. They have these problems, and like I'll look at other you know other wargaming lines and other models, and sometimes I see stuff that's like kind of cool, but maybe it's just that like I it got its hooks in me young, but I'm like there's just something about all of the iconography and the like factions that really has an appeal to me so when i look at something else and it's like oh these are our space zombies these are our like space cops these are our techno warriors i'm just like i just i can't it doesn't do it for me you know yeah i need like 30 years of of increasingly incongruous lore uh otherwise i don't feel anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting because you know i think GW's the the world of, of Warhammer 40k, you know, it 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 wears its influences on its sleeves in a lot of places. Like there's a lot of Michael Moorcock yeah. in it. Um, you know, and, like and Moorcock plus Dune. 
2000 AD. 2000 AD, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably like the holy trilogy of them, right? And then everything kind of mm-hmm. goes from there. But, you know, they they really took those influences that I think, you know, were kind of just like slapdash together in the early 80s in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just because, you know, a bunch of a bunch of probably kind of stoned metalheads <laughs> in Nottingham yeah. thought it was cool. And they were right. Yeah. Those things are cool. Right. Um, yeah. But they they it all got synthesized in just the right way to create something that, that actually is kind of new and different, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, I, people talk about it like being so derivative. I'm like, buddy everything's derivative like, yeah. like you know there's 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 no, there's no new ideas under the sun right you know the, the the best piece of creative advice i ever got from anyone um was that you know you're you're only as original as your sources are obscure mm-hmm. and uh i i think that that warhammer setting it's it's so bonkers you know because it, it they, they they gleefully just picked the stuff they thought was cool and threw it in the blender and by and large it worked and because of that it, it's there's there's not much else like it yeah, yeah, it's just like a, a weird uh, cosmic gumbo, you know. Yeah, and you know, you, you were right. It's a cosmic gumbo. No, that's 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 very apt. And you know, um, you you were you very rightly mentioned. There's sort of different ways of approaching it. There are a number of sort of modes of Warhammer, right? You know, you've mm-hmm. got your your grimdark, uh, theocratic bureaucracy, and then you've got your your space orcs, and you know your Tau and stuff. And I'm curious, what what parts of it appeal to you the most? You know, if, if Obviously, the, the the leagues of Votan are, are appealing to you, but I'm curious, like, where in the setting you you you, you you're the most interested? Yeah. Um, so actually, I I have done very little reading on like how the leagues actually work. Like, I know they're like okay, they're like dwarves, and they're sort of run by like giant computers that are falling apart. Um, I just thought the models were really cool, and I couldn't believe they brought back squats. So I was like, okay, sure, this is where I'm starting. Um, I've always been kind of into chaos because there are so many ways you can look at it, right? Like, you can be like these are embittered, like just selfish, vicious warriors. These are like tragic figures who are, cause there are, there are like, you know, traitor uh, legions or, or uh, chapters who are like excommunicated for various reasons. Right. Um, and are just kind of off doing their own thing. I do. I love the whole like eye of terror stuff. Like I read the, uh, this old novel, I think it's been out of print for a long time called eye of terror. Uh-huh. Um, back in the early 2000s. And it's basically about like this rogue trader going into the eye of terror and like experiencing all of these just really nightmarish but beautiful worlds, like a whole like galaxy where every world is shaped like a giant rose. Um, oh, wild. Or like where water and air switch places at random times. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So just like, really strange stuff like that um i think chaos for me has always been been a big thing i love the icon the iconography of uh the like religious aspects of the imperium so i almost got into like witch hunters back when that was a thing and now, uh-huh. uh now that they have plastic sisters of battle that is like extremely cool because uh, those was, are like, cool kids for a long time it was like you had like three metal figures and if you wanted to build the sisters of battle army or witch hunters it was like gonna cost you like 500 dollars. oh sure yeah um but yeah like the you know the extremely like gothic like my armor has candles attached to it i mm-hmm. love that one um that one sisters of battle hero who was like in a flying pulpit <laughs> yeah like melted guns attached to it um and um yeah i don't know like those are i've i'm I'm kind of I'm also surprised they brought back gene stealer cults at some point between uh now and 
when I played last. Yeah, it was about five or six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are really cool too. I love the idea of an army that's like, oh, we won. We did it. We overthrew the government. And like, oh, and now we are going to be eaten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, that's just fun. I, I, I also love the sisters stuff. You know, one of my favorite parts of the 40K universe is definitely that, that sort of medieval sci-fi catholic look oh, yes yeah i love that it, it's it's so weird and, and gothic um and, and ornate you know you keep talking about john blanche who is one of my all-time favorite uh, illustrators so good um, yeah and that that you know i started playing in second edition when his stuff was all over it back then mm, too um, yeah you know very very new at that point um and i i love i love how i love how crusty and gritty everything is um in his yeah. pieces in particular and that that's 40k for me right where it's it's yeah it's so the art and the illustrations are so complex they're almost they, they almost hurt to look at there's so much detail right yeah and i think that's uh, one of my frustrations sometimes with like the you know obviously it's hard to do that level of detail on a model um you know i i but i want like a <laughs> really like a space ring with all kinds of crap all over him yeah I'm just looking like a walking uh like tribute to the emperor or something. Uh-huh. But uh yeah, I you know, I I like you know, I, or I find something to like about basically every faction. Um obviously the newer ones that I I don't have as much attachment to, but even things like the Dark Eldar, just like I love the idea of like this you know, the Eldar's background to me is really interesting and I I don't it's unfortunate that the regular Eldar's models, a lot of them are still from the Clinton era, <laughs> but, uh, which is like, how are these still like the striking scorpions and all this stuff? These are still- Well, they just showed off the new ones for striking scorpions, thank God, but- uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Because, yeah, they're yeah, coming out on Kill Team. literally like 25 Oh, yeah. Ago. I mean, I, I think I think the worst are the, the, the warp spiders, which have not had oh, a new sculpt since yeah. their original ones in 1994. Wow. Yeah. But like I love the idea that like how how they their Warhammer 40k's take on elves is like the elves were so decadent and degenerate that they like murder fucked a new god into it <laughs> <laughs> and it started eating all of their souls and they're like oh shit we have to be like really good now and very like pious or like you know at least kind of monk like and the dark dark elder are like fuck that like yeah. we are gonna do intensify that we will increase the thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're gonna like we're gonna become Hellraiser to preserve our souls. That's our thing. Um, and do some sweet pod racing. And do pod racing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty cool. Right on. Um, so you know, when you decided to get back into it, you, you bought your box of space dwarves. Um, mm -hmm. what was it like picking up a paintbrush for the first time in such a long time? God, yeah. Um, well. Contrast paints weren't really a thing when I used to paint. They're, they're very new, but four years old. Yeah, obviously, like, we had inks, which is what, you know, they called them the closest things to contrast paints. And I don't know what the difference in terms of, like, composition is. But back then, the, the hotness was you would paint your model normally with acrylics, and then you would do a wash, uh, but you would... <laughs> It, there's I don't know why this was how people did it, but you would like mix your ink with um, like a dish detergent, like a um, simple green was the big one. And that would somehow break up the surface tension. 
and like encourage the wash to like settle in recesses rather yeah. than just lay flat. And I assume contrast paints use some kind of technology that does something similar. But uh, yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to try slap chop because that idea didn't exist when, you know, that's very, that's, that really, that's, that's last year's uh, phrasing for the, for the, the zenithal painting. Yeah. 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 Well, so I did a, um, a, a dry brush, like a, cause I don't, I don't have a, uh, an airbrush. So I did like a gray, a gray and then a white dry brush. And um, yeah, I was a little frustrated with how it came out just because I feel like I didn't get enough pigment, like white or gray on there. Um, I might experiment with some more stuff with the contrast paints, but they're, they are very cool. It's like, wow, this is really neat. Like you get, this feels like how they should teach people to paint. Like yeah. <laughs> just acrylics should be like the advanced technique because getting like a, you know, like a nice balance of color without um, having your pants go on too thick is much, much easier. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're basically self-shading paints, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah. I, uh, so it was, it was kind of cool to like start getting back into that. Although there's always a thing of like, right after you've primed something, I'm like, oh, this looks so nice. It's just solid black. <laughs> I don't want to like besmirch this with my, my sloppy technique, but um you know, yeah, so I tried doing slap chop. I tried uh, edge highlighting, which is something that no one really did when I was a kid. And that is still kind of frustrating to me because I'm like, how do I get this? Like the Just, you know, a lot of my, my edge highlights ended up being kind of fat and uh, sure thick, uh, thick lines. So my guys look a little cell shaded almost. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, like I, I'm still pretty happy with my effort considering it's like the first time I, I painted anything in like 20 years. And um, back then I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing like great work or anything. Yeah, like sure. I wasn't a child prodigy. It was pretty sloppy. Um, so it was cool. Like, I feel like I'm better than I was back then, despite not having done it in so long. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, having like better, like adults uh, hand eye coordination, I guess. But and attention um, span too, right? I think that maybe span, more yeah, than anything else. Like, um, yeah, I just like I'll put on a podcast and paint, and I'm like, oh, this is what like what artists do because I'm a writer, so I can't really have words in my head while I'm writing. But yeah, I have, I have the artist I, I, friends. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, who are like, oh yeah, I'll just be drawing and have something on. And I'm like, oh, I envy that. But I'm like, oh, I can do that with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I'm just, I immediately got back into just like the, the worst sloppiest, uh, <laughs> like habits. Like I'm like, you know, wiping off my brush on my hand, when I'm dry brushing. Uh-huh. I'm like licking the, oh, everybody the paintbrush. Does. Oh, I'm, I'm like doing it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting like, like weird, uh, paint poisoning. Uh, how, you know, my fingers are covered in, in paint. Um, but it was cool. It, it was like, Oh yeah, this feels like coming home. I don't know. It's, uh, it's very cool. I, I'm like, the sickness I think is spreading in me because I'm like, what if I got an airbrush? <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's it's November and I'm um, I'm actually moving pretty soon and I'm moving to a place that's going to be even colder than New York. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pr- like spray prime stuff for like four or five months. So what if I got an airbrush? <laughs> so one thing, I, you know, a piece of advice I can give you, um, there are some great brush on primers these days, mm. um, kind of gesso style stuff. And okay. uh, Style and Renz makes one, and uh, you can use them through an airbrush if you want to, which is great because it does save a lot of time. But yeah. you can brush them on and get a nice, get good, solid um, prime coverage that way. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so it is wet here for about eight months out of the year. Yeah. Uh, which means my my 
my rattle can month periods are, are kind of limited. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of stuff has been a, been a big lifesaver for me. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. If, you know, especially if you're in an apartment dweller, you don't have access to like, you know, somewhere you don't want to be breathing your airbrush uh, fumes or rattle can fumes and stuff like that. But there's, there's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're it's, it's interesting for you to coming back at this point. Cause you know, I, th- I think that, the 20 years you left, so much has changed more than in the yeah. 20 years previous, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think the, the painting standards are a lot higher these days for, you know, professional and studio work. Um, just the, the, the tools and stuff out there. Oh, if you're having trouble with mold lines, let me recommend that this is, this is going to be ridiculous, but Games Workshop's mold line remover is a fantastic tool. <laughs> I, I, thought it, I thought it was bullshit. I uh-huh. really did. And then somebody uh-huh. gave me one and I was like, this changed my life. Wow, I just yeah, it's just lack of a uh, scalpel or like you know a hobby knife, but that's that, that's what that's what I did too, and uh, yeah, I I I have never regretted owning that thing. Wow, all right, I'll take a look. Yeah, it's 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 it, it sounds like it's total nonsense and just like a cash grab. I'm like, this is like right, the best fifteen yeah. bucks you can spend in the hobby, <laughs> like. Huh. Oh, but yeah, give that a shot. But uh, but yeah, so you you finish your first Votan. They look they look great, and you're working on. Blackstone Fortress, is that your next project, do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to, because I assembled all those guys just so I could play the game with my friends. Oh, sure. And I didn't like do mold lines while I was doing that. So I'm going to have to do them assembled, which might be kind of annoying. <laughs> but uh, I think the uh, the Trailer Park Boys kill team is like my next real thing. That's awesome. Um, I'm excited about that. And, uh, yeah, I've also just been like reading a lot about marine chapters and stuff and like you know marines are not like my favorite thing about 40k but because they are the most popular faction there's just so much more stuff out there like with like you know dark eldar or like tower or whatever it's like i don't know what like the factions are like they're just like different types of guy like Mm -hmm. i don't know um and uh but with marines you have like very like really wildly different types of characters so like yeah I've just been like reading up about like the lesser known chapters, and, like just making notes of ones that I think are interesting. And like the two that I really like are like basically the polar opposites. Yeah. What are they? Um, lamenters. Cause I just love like a, a group that's like so noble and pious and just always getting their shit kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> like just constantly just like, like weeping like tears as they like die to defend, you know, these like Imperial citizens or whatever. And then um, Marines Malevolent, who are like the total opposite, who are right. just, <laughs> just like, the, like possibly the biggest assholes in the 40k universe. Like barely not space, not chaos Marines, right? Right, and it's not like they're yeah. like evil or like chaos or whatever. They're just assholes. Like they're just the <laughs> biggest pieces of shit. Like petty, awful people. Uh-huh. Um, and they both were yellow, so maybe it's just I like yellow. Uh, that Lamenter scheme is beautiful. I, I, I Lamenter scheme is really nice, but I really do not want to paint a checkered shoulder pad. Yeah, it, it's it's not as hard as you think, but yeah, it's not for the faint-hearted. Mm. But uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, you know, one piece of advice I give you though, if you do want to play a little bit of forty k, is the new combat patrols they're doing. You need like oh, ten yeah. models for them, and you can play the game. And like they're right. all balanced against each other. It's like it, it, it's a lot of fun. The combat because when I used to play, Combat Patrol was like a, a style where you had like it was like up to four hundred points, and certain models weren't allowed. But now it's just like the box set like is your army list. Or yeah, it's it's a, it's like a self-contained like format, right? Like you know, you, oh, okay. there's there's no list building at all. 
Right. You know, you, you, you play with what you got. There's, there's a, you, there's a couple of rules you can tweak. Like there's, there's two options for like your overall special ability for the army and like mm. a stratagem that you can take one of two okay. of. So you, you, you can mess with it a little bit, but by and large, it is what it is. Right. right. Um, and I've, I've played a bunch of it this, since the summer. Um, and it's fun as hell. Cool. Like, you know, and it, it's, it's a cool way, you know, if you're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to build a huge Tyranid army, but I want to paint 40 Tyranids. Right. Right. Like it's, it's a great way to do that kind of thing. Huh. Um, cool. And I think, and the game itself is good. Like it, it, it plays really well. It's fast paced. You know, you don't need a lot of room to do it. It's, it's, it's a cool format. Nice. I would check it out. But uh, yeah, I think we'll maybe we'll just wrap it up here. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I really want to thank you for talking to me. It's been really exciting to talk to somebody who's excited about the game, kind of with fresh <laughs> eyes. Yeah, it's it's cool. I, uh, you know, it's just nice to have a little quiet hobby. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to see you know something you're working on build up, uh, and to have that tied into like all kinds of weird stories and stuff you can read too is uh there's just not much like it i don't know yeah uh, and you tell your own story when you're playing the game too yeah, right? Or even when you know, you're painting you, right it's like your your guys like my guys are uh you know it <laughs> i was like what color am i gonna paint these guys and uh i eventually settled on making them look like they work at best buy mm-hmm. uh, so they're <laughs> geek squat uh they they have blue armor oh, and like, black pants and little yellow uh like name tags yeah (laughs) it's really goofy but uh but it's fun super cool all right well if you're listening uh please go check out mary Kay's stuff in the show notes you can see all the links to uh, her patreon etc etc there and i'm gonna throw a link to those those uh to your geek squats in or not a link but a picture of the geek squats in there as well (laughs) um and mary thanks for taking the time to talk to me anytime you want to talk warhammer or miniatures painting hit me up yeah will do thank you so much Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.